theyeshiva.net. So we begin today, Be'ezer HaShem HaNumaymer, on Parshas Chukas, Oz Yashri Yisrael. You see, Chukas Samach Be'ez, column 2, Dav Samach Be'ez, column 2, or 123, the second column of the page, the middle of the page, right in the middle, Oz Yashri. This is a Maimer that the Balatanya said in the year Tovkov Samachvav, that's uh, 1806, probably with Shabbos Parshas Chukas, on this Posik in the Parsha. Az Yashi Yisrael es Hashira Hazois, Ali Be'er Enula, Be'er Chafaru Asarim, Karua Nedive Ya'am, Bimechaikek, Bimechanoisam, Midbar Matana. The truth is that this is one of the psukim that is very, very mysterious because the Torah doesn't give clearly the context of what happened. Suddenly there was a psashira, there was a song that the Jewish people sang. There's only two Az-Yashas in Torah, Parshas B'Shalach and Parshas Chukas. The first Az-Yashir is very clear why they sang. There's a whole story before it, it's very clear. Vayoshu, we say it every day. Vayoshu, vayemahu, vayoshu Hashem, vayemahu, as Yisrael, miad Mitzrayim. Vayayisrael, Mitzrayim, meisal svasayom. Vayayru, hisal siyad, agdele, shas Hashem, Mitzrayim. Vayidu, vayaminu, b'ashem, v'mesha, avdai, oz, yashu, meisho, b'nei Yisrael. After they walked through, they crossed through the yams of the Red Sea, and they saw what happened, both to their foes and to themselves. Oz, then, yashu, meisho, b'nei Yisrael, Moshe and the Bnei Yisrael broke out in a song as Hashira Azoyis Lashem Vayemrulei Mereshir Lashem. Here is the second Az Yashir. There's no other Az Yashir. They sang only twice. It's the same words. Over here it doesn't say Moshe. It says Az Yashir Yisrael. It's also interesting. Over there it's Az Yashir Moshe Bnei Yisrael. Here it's Az Yashir Yisrael. But the Torah doesn't say what's the story that happened. The Pasuk before that speaks about their travels, and the fact that they had a be'er. Hashem told Moshe, bring the people together and I'll give them water. And then it says, At that point, the Jews sang a song. And what was the song? Ali be'er enulah. Ali be'er enulah means spring up, O well. Ali, from the word aliyah, be'er, well, come up. And nulah, sing to it. Sing to the, to the well. And what was the song? This is a well which was dug by the sarim, by the, by the princes, by the leaders. From the word sar, sar is a, is a minister, a leader, by the sarim. The nobles of the people, the nidivayam, the, the, the benevolent ones, the nidivim, the noble ones of the people, they're the ones who excavated this well. And here again, every word, it's, uh, it's, it's part of a shira. So it's very poetic, but you have to understand what it means. So literally it means, <coughs> I think Rashi says, uh, what did say? With, a, with a stick. Uh, so Rashi doesn't even say anything. So when he says, from the word chayk, is with the law. He translates his safari translates it with maces. Bimishanois, some Rashi says, with their own staffs, with their sticks. Umimidbar matana, and from the midbar, from the desert, it was a gift. This is this is the shira. 
So it's a very, very, what happened? What are they singing about? Which be'er? What, what happened now? And here the Mepharshim all have different opinions. Rashi brings a whole story that happened. A whole story that happened where they were tried, they tried to kill the Jewish people, standing on two mountains between a valley and destroying them when they went through and the mountains came together and then in the well they saw the blood of their enemies. That's Rashi's interpretation. Other Mepharshim have different interpretations because the Pasuk doesn't say clearly what made them sing and what's the Teichen of the song. That's the context of this Maimer, Az Yashur. So let's, uh, let's, Hine. So here he's going to, Balatanya, is going to reveal the, a deeper dimension in this whole Shir, in this whole song, what it represented, and what are the meaning of the words. Hine, Be'eid, Nikri Knesset Yisrael. Be'eid is not just a spring, a well of water, underground, that we have access to, but Be'eid is also, in Tanakh, it's a metaphor for Knesset Yisrael, for the gathering of all the neshamas of all the Jewish people. It's actually a clear pasuk in Shir Hashidim. The chasen, the anila doidi v'doidi li, you have there the relationship between the chasen and the kala, between doidis, between the groom and the bride. And he speaks about the kala, and he uses about her the word Mayan a few times. Mayan chosom, achosi kala. And then he says, Mayan ganim be'er mayim chaya. She's a Mayan ganim, a well, a wellspring that irrigates the ganim, the gardens. Gardens, of course, need water. Be'er mayim chayim, she is a living wellspring. Be'er, of course, is a well. Mayim chayim, where living water flows. A spring, the water is constantly pulsating and flowing. It's called in Torah, Mayim Chayim, living water. In other words, you can have two sources of water. You can have a cistern that you fill up with water, even rainwater, the classical mikvah. But right now, it's so to speak, dead water. Dead water doesn't mean it's dead water. It just means the water is there. It's gathered in a pool, in a, in a, in a boy. Mayim Chayim is, it's alive. It's pulsating. It's flowing. It's vibrating. Like when you have a, you go to actually a, a Mayan. Sometimes you go to the mikvah and a Mayan and the water, Darizal's mikvah and Svas, these types of mikvahs, where there's a, there's a Mayim Chayim, it's called living water. Usually in Halacha, when somebody who's not pure goes to the mikvah, they don't need Mayim Chayim. They can go to a regular mikvah, it just has to have the Halachas of a mikvah, what type of water and what type of bird, etc. But there's a few situations where you need Dafke Mayim Chayim. If you don't go to a mikvah of Mayim Chayim, it's not a tar. So he says, over here the Lashon is Mayim Ganim, Be'er Mayim Chayim. What's the connection? Why does he call the Kala, why does he call Knesset Yisrael Mayan Ganem Be'er Mayim Chayim? Ki hinei ha-be'er Mayim shenevas mitachas la'adetz. A well, a spring, is a very interesting phenomenon. It's not in the place where you expect it. The sources of water that come from above, for example, rainwater. Rainwater comes from above. Yosef water, that's l'chatchila on top of the surface whether lakes or rivers, oceans, ponds, etc., canals of water. But the Be'er Mayim is nevas, it flows mitachas l'aretz, it's subterranean, it's under the earth. That's why often you have to dig until the water comes to the surface on top of the earth. Nevas mitachas l'aretz. But Hamayim, these, these waters, Heinayordim, the Balatanya is now going to, the next shtickle, 
is based on a sugya, a whole sugya, Meseches Pechoyres, Tafnun Hei, Amit Aleph and Amit Bez, it's a long sugya about rivers and, 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 and mikvahs and, and wells and springs. So I'm just going to say what he's going to be saying is from the, from the Gemara over there. The water of the well that's under the earth comes milmaila. It comes from above, from the four rivers. Through the ladder of the Euphrates. I'll explain in a moment. And the earth is porous. The word chalal. The earth is porous. The water descends through the veins, through the arteries, it's an expression of the earth, until it becomes well water. And now they come out from under the earth in the opposite direction, from a lower place, upwards to the surface of the earth where the person can drink from it, or the animals can drink from it, or you could submerge in it and cleanse yourself from it, etc. What's the meaning of this? The Gemara speaks in Pchayrus over there, Daphne and Hay, about the four rivers in Parshas Bereshus. It says, V'nohar yoytzem Eden, Hashem had a Gan Eden. There was a garden of Eden where he put Adam and Chava to work. La'avda u'l'shamra. V'nohar yoytzem Eden, la'hashkes ha'sagan. There was a river that leaves Eden to irrigate the garden. U'mishom yiparid v'hayolar barosh. From the garden, this river splits into four outlets. And he goes through the, the four rivers. You have a river called Pishon, you have a river called Gichon, you have a river called Chidekel, Vanar Haravi Hupros. Usually it's translated Pishon, Rashi translates as the Nile, the Nile Delta, which is the longest or the second to the longest river in the world, I think 4,000 miles or kilometers. <clears throat> it's like the distance from Warsaw to New York. The Nile River cuts through 11 countries, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, it's most celebrated in Egypt. That's the Pisha. The Gichain is unclear. There's different interpretations what it is. And then you have the Chidekel is the Tigris River in Iraq. And the fourth river is Pras. Pras is called the Euphrates. Euphrates is Pras. Vanara Reviu Pras, that's in Iraq. Gichain is uh, different translations. Gulf of Aqaba, Red Sea, uh, uh, Indian Ocean. Huh? That the Gichain is in Eretz Yisrael from, from Ir David. Okay, can It's it's very uh, it's not the Mefarshim have different interpretations what Gichin is. Look, Rabbi Arya uh, Rabbi Arya Kaplan has an English rendition of Chumash called the Living Torah. So he brings there tons of opinions what Gichin is. So the Gemara says that uh, all the rivers in the world ultimately come from these rivers. These are the four rivers. And even the first three rivers, they all get from Pras. They all come from the Euphrates. Frag de Gemara, Pras is the fourth, the fourth one. So he says, Vanara Revi, who Pras? The original river that left Aden, that is the Euphrates. So that's the first one is Pras, not Pras. The Chshivas of Iraq in, in, in Chumash is very, uh, <laughs> Iraq is very prominent in, in, in Jewish history, in Torah history. Where Avramovina comes from, where Ganadin was, <laughs> somehow that 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 region of the world is very spe- special, huh? Amazon wasn't discovered. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so Pras is the original. So therefore, all the four rivers, the other three also come from Pras. So the Gemara asks a question, but there's wells, 
that are much higher on mountains, ain't the midloya that are much higher than pras. So the Gemara says there's sulma the pras, there's the ladders that come from pras, which means when you say it comes from pras, it doesn't mean it's direct, it's clear. It could be a ladder. What a ladder means is, it's just a metaphor of how water travels. Water travels in very, very diverse and complex and nuanced ways. It can go up ladders and go down valleys, go up mountains. And this is, he brings another Gemara from Chagigadav Chavbeis, Arechilchuli Mechalchala. The earth is porous from the word chalol, the libi chalol. It's not like the earth is so solid that water doesn't go through. The earth is porous, so there could be waters that travel, and therefore it comes from Sulma the Pras, from the ladder that comes from the, the Pras. So, you, so according to that Gemara, even the Be'eris, all the water that's underground, it comes from the water that's above the surface. But then the water goes through journeys, Gidea'aretz, like the blood that travels through the Gidim, like the blood that travels through the arteries and through the veins until it reaches literally every part of the body, every cell of the body, and it's an unbelievable complicated process, what we call the circulatory system of how the blood travels through the Gidim. So that's a metaphor of Olam Gadol in the larger planet of how the water travels through this Chalchulim Chalchala, through the veins of the earth, which means through its pathways, until it reaches wherever it reaches underground, and then it comes out Malmatalamaila. So it starts off from the rivers and it starts off from the pras, but through Sulam the pras, the ladder of pras, the Gemara says, it ends up in below the earth and then the Be'er Ma'im Chaim springs up. This is the reason that the Jewish people are called Mayan Ganim Be'er Ma'im Chaim. Kaf Knesset Yisrael. The same is true with Knesset Yisrael. When you say Knesset Yisrael, what do you mean Knesset Yisrael? Knesset Yisrael means Knesses. Knesses means the kinos, the gathering of the Jewish people. It doesn't mean the Knesset in Eretz Yisrael. That's a complicated institution. Well, we're talking about a different Knesses Yisrael. <laughs> Knesses Yisrael means the gathering of the Jewish people. What's the gathering of the Jew? You're talking about one Jew, a second Jew. You're talking about a shul. So he says, he mucker Neshamas Yisrael. Knesses Yisrael is the source from where all the Neshamas come from. That's why it's called Knesses. Because all the neshamas are collectively gathered there. It's not one or the other. It's makin neshamas as well. It's the source. So he says, he ba milmaila. It comes from above. The source of Knesset Yisrael comes. Every single neshama. And the source of all the neshamas comes milmaila. It's divine. First it began as a mayan ganim, as a well that irrigates the gardens. Beis ganim, two gardens. Ganedna elyin veganedna tachten. The higher Gan, there's Ganim, there's two Ganes, because generally we speak about a higher Ganadin and a lower Ganadin. The Nisham is even higher than Ganadin. Like we learned in the previous Maimonim in Bahar and other Maimonim, Yisrael, all the Machshava. The Nisham comes from above, just like the rivers are above the earth, and the rivers themselves, a lot of their water comes from rainwater. Which also comes from above, obviously, and it descends from the clouds onto the earth, into these rivers, or into the seas, or into the oceans, the lakes, etc. And then the neshama goes through Mayan. It becomes a, a Mayan that's Ganim, that evolves and irrigates Ganadin Elyon and then Ganadin Atachten. And that's the place where the neshama was before it arrives into this world. So why would the Neshama go on this journey? 
It goes from the highest source down to Ganeidin Elyon and then Ganeidin Atachten. And that's where it is before it's born. Why would it come into the Guf? He says one reason, for it to be able to become Mayim Chayim. Mayim Chayim is not rainwater. Mayim Chayim is not seawater. Mayim Chayim is the water, the spring water that comes from the Mayonois under the earth. So he says over there it becomes a Be'er Mayim Chayim. That's why it says, Biyotcha, it says in Kabbalah, Biyotcha Afkid Ruchi, what we say at the end of Kirchish Shalamita, Biyotcha Afkid Ruchi, Podisai, Sashem Kalman, Biyotcha Afkid Ruchi, Hashtavis Be'er. Beis, Aleph, Reish, Biyotcha Afkid Ruchi, in your hand I deposit my Ruach, my spirit, which we say at night before, ret- before retiring to sleep. That's Be'er. We'll see the connection why you say it at night. But the Nikud is, it's Afkid Ruchi, because the Nisham is the Be'er. When it comes into the Guf, it's like the water coming under the earth, and now suddenly it's completely eclipsed by the earth. And here it becomes This is when the Neshama resurfaces. Resurfaces. It's not the first time it surfaced. And this time the direction is from a lower place, Lamaila to a higher place. As it comes out, Minarteka. Narteka is its uh, its lavush. It's uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, the shemesh. It says the shemesh has a narteka, a um, like a shield, a cover that covers it, like uh, in, in which you, a person has a nartik that that holds it or seeth. So when it comes out of the nartik, he meiser haguf from the confinement of the body, lower boer achayim to shine with the light of life, that's when the Nisham is called Be'er Mayim Chayim, and that's why he uses the word Lor Be'er Chayim, because it's Chayim. V'hinei kechol, advarim me'ela. So me'ela, the, the introductory idea here is that Be'er Mayim Chayim is Knesset Yisrael. Shashirim called Mayan Ganem Be'er Mayim Chayim. Why? Because the definition of the Be'er is that it comes, according to the Gemara Imchaitis, from above, it goes into the earth and it travels wherever it travels sub to under the earth. The earth is porous. And from there it comes out to the surface. And that's the Be'er Mayim Chayim. And that's the journey of the Neshama. It starts above, way above any confinement, way above any limitations, way above anything that conceals it or imprisons it. It goes on this journey where it becomes Be'er Mayim Chayim. What this journey looks like, that's going to be one of the big themes of the Mimer. As we shall see, the clearest water and the freshest water is which water? Which water? Which is the most good? Huh? The spring water, the living water. You would think, you would think the clearest and freshest and most sparkling water should be which water? Not the water that's been sitting for, for thousands of years with dirt and with with gravel and with rocks and with pebbles on the ground. That's, uh, that's going to be the worst water that comes out. But it's the exact opposite. You have to be careful before you drink water from a river. You have to be careful. You have to know what bacteria is in the water, of course, how salty the water is. It has to go through a filtering process. As we will see later in the Mimer, the Rebbeinah, and today we know it also in geology, the Rebbeinah Shalom created under earth an unbelievable filtering system. It's, it's, it's not, it's an ishtagloibin, you would think somebody spends thousands of years over there. They have to shake themselves off when they come up. You have to go to a, to a base for a few years to clean it off. The water comes up, pss, 
I'm a chayyeh. There's no water like that, right? You find you find a mayan. Even when you go to a mikveh in a mayan, it's a, it's a whole different feel. It's even better than the water that comes our tap water. That's clean and it's hot and it's warm. It doesn't come close to the bay mayim chayim. A special taste too. Yeah, yeah. Everybody buys it <laughs> instead of drinking the water that comes to the house. Everybody buys that water. Huh? Mayim chayim. Yeah. So that's it's It's a paradox. And that's true about the neshama. The reason it's like that physically is because that's the whole system of creation. The neshama is the purest of the pure. It goes into situations and places where everything becomes challenged. Everything becomes covered over. And sometimes the mayim goes through serious challenges. It's not like it stays on top of the earth and it observes. Sometimes it goes very, very deep. And it's full. It's, it's, it's enters, it enters rocks and boulders and it's covered with earth, and then it's and that's where it becomes mayim chayim, that's the story of the soul. The whole system here is the seder avoid, it's the order of the avoid, of the work of a the, the life of a person. Hashem took Adam, and he placed him in Gan Eden, the garden of Eden, to work it, to toil it, ulashamra, to protect it. Two things. So it says in, uh, it's brought in Zoya, I think in Targum Yonis and Benuziel, la'avda b'mitzvah essay, ulashamra b'mitzvah laisas. When Adam was placed in Gan Eden, it wasn't stopped to sit back and watch the garden with a good view. There was right away la'avda. La'avda, it says b'mitzvah essay, ulashamra b'mitzvah laisas. That's what Chazal, that's how Chazal interpreted the Pasuk. And we understand why. Lashamra is protection, passively. Nothing should destroy the garden. And la'avda is to cultivate the garden. It's two things that a garden needs. First of all, it needs shmirah. You don't want the deer coming in and eating up everything that you worked for. And you have to be careful from the weed and bacterias and the infections. That's l'shamra. La'avda is you have to push it, work the garden. You have to toil. It's an avayda. Farming is an avayda. Even though there was no bezeyas hapecha toichalechem. With the sweat of your brow, you should eat bread. That's only after he eats from the Eitzadah, so maybe it's not Bezeya Sapecha with the sweat, but it's still the Avda Lashamra Mitzvah Sesa Mitzvah Sloises. Shaydekim and Mitzvah Sesa Yushmiris Mitzvah Sloises are over the Mesakinus Aganadin through the Mitzvah Sesa and the protection of Mitzvah Sloises. Because Mitzvah Sloises, you don't do something, it's a protection. It's what you don't do, it's like a boundary. In a way, mitzvah sloisis is passive. It's not that I do something. I don't do this. I don't do this. I don't do this. I don't do this. So what am I doing? I'm just protecting. I'm watching. It's like a, it's like a fence. And then there's mitzvah essay. Mitzvah essay is you're actually doing. You're doing something. So he says through the kiyam of essay and the shmir of loisis, uh, Adam cultivates and repairs and makes better, improves ganeden. Which, what's the avayda you do in a garden? You're saying la'avda, work the garden. What do you do in a garden? The first thing you have to do is la'ashkaisa. You have to bring it water. A garden without water will not survive and will not thrive. So the first thing is you need la'ashkaisa. That's how the Torah begins the whole story. That there was a nar, a river that comes from Eden, to irrigate, to bring water to the garden. To the garden. And that's where Adam was brought la'avda, to do this avoid. And this 
work of irrigating the garden happens through Yisrael, through the, the Neshama here. Shekneses Yisrael hi amayan ganem hamashkes ganelim v'kanadachte. As we said, the Knesset Yisrael, the source of Neshama Yisrael is called Mayan Ganem. Be'er Mayim Chayim, but here we're not talking yet the Be'er, we're talking about the first stage. Mayan Ganem, it's a well that irrigates the gardens, it's Mashke, it irrigates, Sitrinkt, it gives water to Ganeid and Elyon and Ganeid Natacht. The explanation in this is, Just as a garden needs a mayan, a well, in order to irrigate it, in order to make all the fruits grow, you can't have the tzmicha saperis. None of the fruits can blossom, can be can grow without it. Because water has the ability to be matzmiach, to bring to the fore, to grow, all of the delicacies, all of the fruits, and of course grain and vegetables, but all mine tainuk, everything that is so pleasurable and delightful. You know, sometimes you eat candies from the store that are toxic, but then you eat, uh, you know, you eat a cherry, you eat a blueberry, you eat a grape, and you say, you know, God's cotton candy. <laughs> God's cotton candies. He says, Amayim atzmichim. Kol tainug, all the natural tanugim that Hashem put into the world. Hashem's cotton candy, Hashem's tainug. This expression, Amayim atzmichim, kol tainug, is actually from Reb Chaim Vital. Stam, it's an interesting expression. Reb Chaim Vital has a sefer called Shari Kedusha. He was the student of the Arizal. And he speaks about the four elements, Eish, Ruach, Mayim, Afar, in the, in the, in the person, what they represent. So he speaks about Yisoid Ha'esh, Yisoid Ha'ruach, Yisoid Ha'mayim, Yisoid Ha'afar. So he says Yisoid Ha'esh in the, in the animal soul is, uh, is Kas and Gaiva. It's brought in Tanya in the first chapter. Kas and Gaiva is anger, arrogance. Yisoid Ha'mayim, he says, is Koyech Ha'tayva. It's the power of craving, is Mayim. Because Ha'mayim, Atzmichim, Kolmine Ta'inug. And then there's Ruach, which is Hulalus, Latsanus, Espiris, Vadim, Betelim. And then there's Offer, which is Atzlus and Atzvus, laziness and depression. So over there, the Chaim Vital used the expression, Ma'yim, Atzmichim, Kolmine Ta'inug. Ka'ach, Hine, Ganeidin, Sarechliyaz, Bebchinis, Ma'yim. So the truth is, just as it's in a physical garden, it's because it's in a spiritual garden. Like we always learn, the physical world is just a mirror of the spiritual world. So whatever exists... Whatever exists in the physical world is simply a manifestation and a reflection of what's happening in the spiritual reality. That's why in real Judaism there's never a dissonance between the world of science, the world of physics, the world of biology, the world of geology, <coughs> and, 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 and Torah. On, on the contrary, it's all one. Einoid Mulvade, like it says in Zoyer, He looked into the Torah to create the world. How do you look into the Torah to create a world? You need a blueprint to create. A blueprint, you have to have the exact plans. The answer is you have the exact plans because the physical is simply a manifestation of the spiritual. You just have to have the language of metaphor. You just have to know when you say Gan, what Gan means. You have Gan the way it's in the physical garden. And you have Gan that's a spiritual garden. So whatever you have in the physical garden is because you have it in Ganeid. What is it? Just like we said in a physical garden. Basi legani achosikala. You have all the tainug, you have all the pleasure. That's what a garden is. First of all, just looking at the garden, walking through the garden, right, smelling the aroma in the garden, and then, of course, enjoying the fruits that grow in the garden. That's all an experience of tainug. Basi legani, achaisikala. So he says, therefore, you have it also in Ganeiden. What is it? 
the delight of the soul, they enjoy the radiance of the Shekhinah. Very interesting expression. Because the Shekhinah in Ganeiden is It reaches a place where it could be revealed and comprehended by the soul. You have the Shekhinah that won't be comprehended, so there won't be the Tainug of it. But in Ganeiden, it's the way the Shekhinah comes into a state that it's manifested and it can be comprehended, it can be grasped by the soul that grasps the light of Ein Soif. And when the soul really grasps it, it experiences an ecstasy and a delight that is infinite. That delight, that ecstasy, he says, there has no similarity in other Tanugim. Achamru the Gemara says in Chagiga about Acher, Elisha ben Avuya, that Mutav de Ladaine, it's good that he should go through all the cleansing that he needs, that he should be able to come to Ganeiden. Shafilu kol Yisuri Gehenem Kedaihula. All the pain that it has to go through to reach this place is worth it. Just like an example, somebody is stuck, somebody has a lot of lot of setbacks, or somebody has a lot of challenges emotionally, and they're stuck, they're really in a prison. And you know that to, 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 get, to, to get rid of the toxicity, it's going to be painful. It's like a, emotional surgery. Emotional surgery is not easy, because to spit out all the stuff that I'm dealing with is painful. The question is, is it worth it or not? Is it worth it? Is it worth it to bring them to the place? The worst is you open up and you don't do anything. You know, it's like you open up a body for surgery and you don't take out, you don't take out the cancer, you don't take out the infection, the doctor gets scared of the blood. But if you know what you're doing, you say, it's kedai to go through this pain, that you should be able to have the menuchas nefesh and the tainug of life. So that's in this world, but that's really the concept, he says. It's a very interesting definition of what Gehenim is. <laughs> in order that the Neshama should be able to experience pleasure, it sometimes needs to go through a process where the negativity or the toxicity or the trauma is removed and cleansed so that the neshama should really be able to get back to itself. It should really be able to experience the tainug of Eirein Saif Baruchu. So it's not pshat when you talk about Gehenem, it's some form of revenge, chas v'shalom, or vengeance, like you're going to go to Gehenem and you'll be burned forever. The hest, huh? You're going to be burned forever and you're going to be tortured because you started up with me and I'll show you who's boss. And in this world, maybe you'll get away with it. But over there, I'm going to torture you forever. Dante's furnace, and a person like you, the Gehenna is going to get hotter, you know, we're going to put it up, we're going to put it up a notch, the Nekudah is, that's what the Gemara says, Mutav the Ladaine, you're talking about a process, it's like, you could call it cosmic therapy, or divine therapy, sometimes, if I am really, really stuck, it may completely not even be my fault, but I have to go through that process of identifying who I am and who I'm not. And letting go of who I think I am in order to become who I really am is a very, is a, it could be a very painful process. We all know that. Anybody who's done this work, right? It's a painful process, but it's also a beautiful process. And the reason it's a beautiful process is 
because it's not pain for the sake of pain, chas v'shalom. It's pain because you're letting go of things that were trying to protect you, but instead of protecting you, they really made you miserable. It was a coping mechanism. And letting go of that is a very, very intense process. And each one of us in our own way has that process. And that process, however, is the only thing that can allow you to have tainug. What's tainug? Tainug is real pleasure. It's not this, 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 it's two types of pleasure in the world. There's pleasure that comes from distractions. I'm stressed, so I eat, so I have pleasure for six minutes. You know, my cotton candy, or whatever cotton candy looks for you. This one has a pleasure, they go on to this, they do this. Those are called distractions. They're pleasurable for the moment, it's a distraction. There's pleasure in which you become one with yourself. Anybody knows what I'm talking about? It's hard to describe this because it's, a, it's an experience. It's not so much words. It's a different type of tainug. It's not a tainug where you're running away. It's a tainug where you actually don't run from anything. You just experience the ultimate truth of who you are and the world is. And he says the ultimate tainug is that oneness with Ein Saif, which is, which is infinite, which encompasses everything, including you, because you're also part of the Ein Saif. Well, that doesn't apply to you, so you don't have to worry about that. But this is quoting the Gemara. The Gemara says in Chagig about Acher, Elisha ben Avuya, who was a pretty big uh, Russia. Shiyada bechvaydi yomarad You know, we have in Chazal, we have hundreds of Tanoim and Amirayim. We only one of we only know about one who's OTD, who went off the derech. Only one, and he was the Gadol Adar. It wasn't. It created a trauma because Elisha ben Avuya wasn't. Uh, he wasn't Katlakanya. He wasn't, uh, he was the Rebbe of Rabbi Akiva. So the fact that he left Yiddishkeit was a very severe, and the Gemara says even about him, Mut of the Ladai, let him go through the din, and he's going to come to, to Alma Dasi. What you're asking is that the Gemara says in Rosh Hashanah that, uh, that, uh, Gehenem Kala, Vehem Enam Kalan, yeah? That some neshama is such Roshayim, the Gehenim will, will, will fit, will finish, the, the fire will burn out and they won't. <laughs> In other words, no Gehenim is enough for them, right? So, so it's actually very interesting because the Harizah writes in that Gemara Fakert, the Pshatin Gemara is, Gehenim Kala. The Gehenim will ultimately finish, Vehem Einam Kalan, but their Neshamas won't finish. <laughs> you understand? In other words, it's unbelievable Taj. Gehenim, usually Taj, Gehenim Kala. No Gehenim is enough for you. The fire will burn and burn and burn and go out and you'll still, you'll still be there. He says, Fakert. It means that Sof Kol Sof, every Neshama is going to have a Tikkun. Bal Yidach Nidach. Why? Because ultimately, if it's a Chelek Alekami Mal, if it's a Chelek Alekami Mal, so a part of Hashem is not going to be destroyed. <laughs> you understand? So, so now there's different levels. There's different levels what the Neshama has to go through. You know, usually we say Kaddish 11 months, right? Why 11? Because it says that even a Russia, the Mishpat is only 12 months. And you don't want to make that your father or mother needed the 12 months. So every Jew says Kaddish only for 11 months. Because even a Russia, the Mishpat is not more than 12 months. Now you have different Neshamas that go through their journeys. But the Nekudah here is, what's the Nekudah of Gehenim? The Nekudah of Gehenim is that sometimes I have to go through a process in order to be able to experience the ultimate Tainuk. Because what is the ultimate tainug? The ultimate tainug is, is the tainug of the hasaga and the ain't soif. Hasaga here doesn't mean intellectual comprehension. It means you become one with it. It completely it engulfs you internally and externally. Make sense? Did I answer your question?
Hashem is called, it's, called, it's an expression from Zohar, he's stimmed, which means the secret of all the secrets. Stimme means that which is concealed, sasum. It's concealed, it's closed. But it's stimmed, which means even the highest concealed realities can't be teufus, that which is stimme, even from chol stimme. It's beyond that which is beyond. So how is there a concept of Ganeden where there's a gilu, there's a manifestation? It's the opposite of stimme the chol stimme. Stimme the chol stimme means it's completely concealed. And Giliyah Saga means it's revealed and it's manifested to the point that there's a comprehension of it. How does that happen? Oh, so Ganeiden needs water. <laughs> the Ganeiden needs water. So this depends on the on the Hisairus, the arousal from below. This is the whole reality of Mitzvah. The mitzvahs that are manifested within physical realities, for example, all the karbonas, the, the, the offerings which are animals, or trumas, or maizvahs, the tithings of the grain, which comes from vegetation, which comes from money, which is doimim. So he went through here the three categories of chai, tzemeach, and doimim. Karbonas deal with the chai, with animals. Trumas and Maisris deal with Tzemeach, fruits, vegetables, grain, Dagon, Tirish, Yitzar. And then you have Tzedakah, which deals with Doimim, copper, gold, silver, minerals, metals, inanimate, or today it's a green dollar, or a check, or a credit card, whatever you want to call it, then there were no credit cards, or green dollars, but you have Matbeis, you have coins, it's all Doimim. The shayrish, the source, and the yisoy, the foundation of all the mitzvahs, is very, very high. in the mountains of holiness. Because basically each mitzvah is a manifestation of Hashem's rotsen, Hashem's will, and the light of Ein Tzayv. This is expressed in the metaphor of a fortress, of a wall that falls. When a wall falls... That which fell much further comes from a much higher place in the wall. When the chaimah falls, so if a, if a rock falls off the lowest part of the chaimah, it will usually fall close. If it falls from the higher part of the wall, it falls much further. If the whole chaimah falls, which part is the most distant from the chaimah? The highest, not the lowest. The lowest part of the wall stays right there. The highest part of the wall, when it falls, it's much, much further. Or if it gets hurled away, if it gets thrown out, it gets most much further. What is that a marshal? Sometimes when you see something that's very far, very low, it doesn't mean it's lower. It means it's higher. Just like you see it by people as well, right? Sometimes when you have somebody who has very high energy, and this is very, very important, when somebody has very deep energy, very creative energy, very sensitive energy, very lofty energy, when they fall... They fall much, much further than anybody else. Fakert, if you didn't have such deep energy, if it gets squandered, okay, it, it still, it, it, it fell, but it's not the same nefila. So when you look at this soul, you say, oh, look how low they are. The Altarebbe says, no, look how high they are. 
Look how high they are. They couldn't have fallen so low if they're not Gavoya. And that's the essence. That's where all healing begins. All healing begins in that understanding. If you weren't so Gavoya, and, and, and you know, we, we see it. We, we, you, see this, uh, you see this constantly. When somebody falls very low, it's only because there's something very Gavoya, very, uh, very high. And when that gets distorted... You know, when nuclear energy, when nuclear energy, Chernobyl, right, the story in Chernobyl, Ukraine, when nuclear energy is, uh, is not controlled, when it, when, it, when it falls, so to speak, I'm using the word falls, it's, uh, the damage is a different level of damage. Why is it a different level of damage? It's because it's Gavoya Biyoser, because it's so intense, because it's so powerful. Dara Chaim says this in Parsha Shmini. He says in the Merkava of Yecheskel, the lion is on the right side, and the ox is on the left side. Pnei Ariel Hayamin, Pnei Sherel Asmoel. So it should have been that down here, the lion should be kosher, because it actually comes from Tzad Yamin, which is Chesed, which is higher than Gvura. The answer is, it's true, but it went through on the filler. The Arye, the lion, is higher in Kedusha, in the source. But the way it comes down, it's You see that the power of a lion, you can't compare it to an ox. An ox is also powerful, but you can't compare it to a lion. Lion is the king of the jungle. The Gemara says, Melech Shabachayas. Why? Because it went through a nefila, went through a process from the Ruchni to the Gashmi. And in that sense, what you see in the lion is a lot of power. You don't want to start up with a lion. Very, very ferocious. But the way it's translated is in a completely different format. And the point is, it's not a kosher animal. The shirt, on the other hand, he says, the shirt, it's a more gradual transition. It's not so remote from its source because it wasn't so gavoya. And therefore, it's a kosher animal even down here, the Archaim explains. So he says, something that's very, very gavoya, when it comes down, it could go much further, much more distant. I was once talking to a group of secular Jews who are very, uh, very successful people, and it was in Manhattan, and... Uh, very creative people, and involved in all types of things to repair the world, tikkun olam. So I said, you have to understand the Jewish people, okay? <laughs> a Jew without Torah is like Mozart growing up in a house without a piano. What would have happened to Mozart? He had a piano, and at three, at three, at three, when he was three, he started to write symphonies. But what ha- what happened if he wouldn't grow if he grow up without a piano? He was one of the greatest musicians, one of the greatest composers in history. What would have happened? The genius would be there, but it wouldn't have an outlet. So where would it go? Huh? He would blow up his school. He would blow up his house. Uh, he would express it. He would express it. The piano gave it a beautiful outlet to create genius music, but the energy would have been there, but it didn't have an outlet. So I said, every Jew is a little Mozart. Every Jew is a Mozart. That's what the Gemara says. Every child is a Kleine Mashiach. Every child is a little Mashiach. That's the fact. If you don't have a piano, the genius comes out. Yeah, You take a person like Karl Marx, he was a genius. You take a person like Trotsky, these were balikishrainas. You take a person like Freud, these were big, big balikishran. Big balikishran. The question is, what piano do you have? Without Torah, very often the genius and the creativity could come out in so many different ways. 
sometimes very, very destructive ways, very destructive ways. But you'll see at the forefront of every major revolution, you'll see some Jewish creativity there. You'll see some Jewish talent there. At the forefront of every move, every new movement to destroy another value, you'll always have Jews on the top. Why is it? It's not because they're insensitive. It's because they're sensitive. If you're on top of the wall, when you fall, it's going to be very, very far. And the same is true with people. Fakert, the reason that the soul sometimes is so destroyed is because it's so deep. And therefore, when you, when you play with it, it doesn't just, okay, we'll do something else. That whole energy has to go out and become, to put it differently, I once told you I heard from Dr. Tversky, Olova Shalom. He said that when you look at addicts, you have to understand that they're usually the more spiritual people. Because they're spiritual, so the regular distractions don't work for them to fill up the void. So they have to go to extremes in order to be able to deal with the emptiness that comes from the lack of having a relationship with God. So they, they, they can't just drink a little bit. <laughs> Another person, you take a drink, go to sleep, right? Another person, fine, he does a little thing. No, 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 they have to go all, all the way. They're, they're radicals. Why are they radicals? Because their souls are deep. So this is a very important yisoyed in, in, in Teres HaBal Shemtiv. It's an important yisoyed because it tells you how to look at it. You have to see it in the right, with the right way. It doesn't mean it's not lamata, but it means it comes from gavoya. And the way you're going to fix it is not by telling it, oh, oh, don't, don't aspire so much. Don't aspire to such high things. No, no. I, co- I come from a very high place. If you don't bring me back to that place... I won't be able to find uh, to find the healing. Yeah, obviously you have to be able to learn Torah in a way that it could become Mozart's piano. Sometimes a person could learn Torah and it's, uh, you know, it doesn't uh, necessarily bring out the best in them. That depends how you learn Torah. The Gemara says in Yuma, Zacha nasa loy sam chayim, loy zacha nasa loy sam mavis. The Gemara says about Torah, if you're zacha, the Torah could be sam chayim. If you're not zacha, it could chas v'shalom be poison. Torah. How can you say that about Torah? So the answer is, it doesn't say the Torah is Nasa Samavis. Nasa Loi Samamavis. For him it becomes a Samamavis. Sometimes a person could use Torah, right, to rationalize and justify foolish things. Sometimes a person can use Torah to become more repressed and more stifled. A person, just like you could decide that your piano is a washing machine, you know, put detergent on it. Some people use their pianos for hangers, right? Like their treadmills. You put you put clothes on it. You put jackets on it. So lavdav gets used that way. But but the nekuda of Torah is that it allows the neshama to uh, to uh, flex its, its its muscles. So it says that's the whole understanding of mitzvahs. When you look at a mitzvah, you're talking about a mitzvah that's very technical. It's very practical. But he says really it's coming from ein Saif. It comes down in such a physical, tangible way. The tzedakah that I'm giving with the coin, the tzedakah that I'm giving with my credit card, or with my dollar bill, it doesn't seem very significant. But he says, Be'etzem, it's coming from Ein Soif. Ki Yitzira. It says in Sefer Yitzira, that's the most ancient work of Kabbalah. The Soifan, the end is etched, Na'utz, in the beginning. Daika, dafka, not 
not also, daiken, no, it's tchilasen, besoifen, besoifen, betchilasen. The tchila, the beginning, comes out in the end. We say in the Chadoidi, ki soif maisa, b'machshava tchila. The end of the maisa originates in the first thought. Therefore, what's the water that irrigates the garden? So the Torah mitzvahs, which L'cha'oida would seem like they're just very tangible and technical, but they are the ones that generate the flow and the light of Ein Soif, that it should be manifested, it should be revealed in Ganeidin, so that it could be the Gilui HaSaga, it could be revealed in a way that you could comprehend it, and the Neshama can experience the pleasure, in the higher Ganeidin, which is Olam Abriya, and the lower Ganeidin, which is Olam because when you speak about Ganeidin, Ganeidin is not a, a different place, Ganeidin is a different dimension, the Rambam says in Hilchis Tshuva, that it's called Olam Haba, not because it's in the future, not because in the future, but because sometimes it takes a person to die in order to experience it, <laughs> The Rambam says, Olam Haba doesn't mean it's a future world. It's going to be here in a thousand years or in a hundred years. Olam Haba means it's a future in the sense that the person may need to go through a process in order to be able to experience it. But Ganeidin is a dimension of life. It's a dimension of life. So he writes that every person, yeah, every person has the Avir Ganeidin that's around them. Every person has the atmosphere of Ganeidin that's around them. Or he says, or the Aver Gehenim that's around them. In other words, Ganeidin and Gehenim is not something that's uh, some metaphysical transcendent thing. You're going to be taken on a train or on a plane or uh, or on a spaceship somewhere to go to this particular place. Ganeidin is a dimension of life. right? He says, Ganeidin Atachten is an Olam Adam Arishan was put into Ganeidin, but he was a physical person. He was a physical person. But his consciousness was one that can experience the world as Ganeidin. Where was Ganeidin? It was a physical world. That's a different dimension of reality. It's just a dimension where the Neshama can experience that Tainung. What, so what's Gehenim? Gehenim is the journey, the process to be able to open yourself up to that. So what makes Ganeidin Ganeidin? He says you need the water. What gives it the water to be able, everything, all the time, without water, there's not going to be any Tainug in the garden. It's going to be a dead garden. So he says the Torah Mitzvah makes the Ganeidin. It's the water, it's the flow. The Mayan, that's Ganem, that makes the water, the flow, that's Matzmiach, Kalmine Tainuk, that the Ein Saif could be manifested in a way that there could be the Tainuk and Hashemus. Valderich Zesharkol, Mitzvah Hashem, all the Mitzvahs. Shem Machshav, Dibur, Maiser, Shaladam. It's either thought or speech or action. Machshav is Kavanas a Mitzvah. Machshav is always the Kavanah of the Mitzvah. The consciousness of a mitzvah. Dibur is Talmud Torah, Kishfi, Bechsamazam, Kayetzeban. Then you have the mitzvahs of, that are verbal. Learning Torah. Krishma, benching, or Maisa, mitzvahs, Maisa, and then you have Maisa, the actual mitzvahs that you do physically, with your hands, with your feet, with your body. It represents three worlds, Bria, Yitzira, Asiya, Machshava is Bria, Dibur is Yitzira, and Maisa is Asiya. So the mitzvahs, which are in thought, speech, and action, which represent these three worlds, what do they do? The kavanah of the mitzvah creates the ganeidin of Bria. The dibur of the mitzvah creates the ganeidin of Yitzira. And the mice of the mitzvah creates the ganeidin of Asiya. In other words, each dimension of the mitzvah brings, which the mitzvah, even though it may be very tangible, but it's rooted 
in the highest Ein Saif. So that mitzvah creates the flow of the water that makes Ganeidin spring up. What does it mean to make Ganeidin spring up? It creates the entire identity of Ganeidin, all the timing of Ganeidin, because it's Mamshech, it accesses the Ein Saif from a state of concealment. Stimu dechol stimin into a state of gili, of revelation, which is Ganeiden, Nenin, Miziva Shechina, the reign of the Rashchina, it creates it in a way, with this Ganeiden of Bria, the Ganeiden of Yitzhak, the Ganeiden of Asiya, through the mitzvahs. And that's why the Jew down here becomes the Mayan Ganem, the, the well that irrigates the Ganem, the Ganeiden Alien and the Ganeiden Atachten through the Torah and the mitzvahs. Okay, Bezer Hashem will continue tomorrow, 7.45. Everybody have a wonderful day. Yeah, of course. It's it's going to get more detailed. He's going to explain more detailed. The connect. We still have to get back to the Be'er Ma'im Chaim. This is all the introduction. <laughs> There's still the Be'er Ma'im Chaim Nakuda. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in the Alter Rebbe, my modern state is Hasachmal. Kol Agavoya Biyose Yored Lamata Biyose. So the stuff from Baal Shem Tov. The Zok said the Chiddush from Alter Rebbe. Yeah. To the sand. Interessant. Ich darf ries, ich darf, ich darf beidig sein, der Minion. Der alte Rebbe nimmt mein Mann und sagt, das ist ein Sachmal. Kolla gewoye beyose, jöret lamata beyose. Als er kommt, er hat mehr lamata. Zeresh, Zeresh, Zeresh hat gesagt, Hamman. Mativa shall umazu, when they go up, when they go down, they go down the lowest, when they go up. Huh? Zeresh, Zeresh had gesagt Haman. Im Zera Hayehude Mardechai. Yeah. Once you fall, you're not going to get up so fast. Im Zera Hayehude Mardechai. Kshein Yordin, Yordin, they go down very deep. But Kshein Oylin, Adle Koychle Hashemayim. It's Haba Hatalia. It's not. It's 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 Haba Hatalia. If you go up so high, you go down so low. If you have a plane that's going fast, right? It goes up very high, and chas uh, <laughs> If it goes down, it's when something is is deeper and bigger. If it's destroyed, the damage is much deeper, right? Because the energy is there's much more at stake. If you invest in a company a thousand dollars, you lose it a thousand dollars. If you invest a company a lot more, it's a diff deeper loss, huh? But basically, so you said that, you said one thing that the whole point, the best feeling, the best possible feeling is when you, you feel one within yourself. But the problem is it doesn't last. There are moments where... That's true. That's true. Yeah, when you become completely one, when you're one with Ain Saif, that's what it means you're one. You're one with infinity because that's who you are. You feel it. Yeah. Yeah. It lasts about like yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're asking a good question. That's going to be this mimer. You're asking the ultimate question. Yeah. Well, you're from the lucky ones. You even know that there's such a feeling. You even know that there's such an experience. But I didn't know until you said it. Like, I didn't know what it was. Right. You, your bones felt that it existed, but here you have language for it, right? You never had language for it. 
language, yeah. Yeah. When there's no language, so sometimes we don't have the experience. In other words, because we don't, we may have it, but it becomes like, we, have an we don't know what it is, yeah. You can't name it, yeah. That's why Adam had to name everything. <laughs> he named it so it could become a reality. The journey of the Neshama is to become Be'er Mayim Chayim. Can't be Mayim Chayim without it. You could be a good mikveh, but not Mayim Chayim. The beginning of this week's parish of of Mayim Chayim El Keli. For Parah Duma, you needed Mayim Chayim. You couldn't just take uh, rainwater. You had to have Mayim Chayim, spring water, with the ashes. Azov needs Mayim Chayim. There's a few Tumas that you need Mayim Chayim. Most not. A regular person who's tummy, you go to a mikveh, a kosher mikveh, you need a kosher mikveh. But not mayim chayim. You can't have mayim shuvim, but you can't, you don't need mayim chayim. Mayim chayim is unique. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.